seated this morning. And once again, it's, it's great to have you here with us. Welcome to Grace Church. And we have been praying for you. We just hope and, and pray and our heart's desire, honestly, is that you just walk out of here refreshed, encouraged, and just saying, you know what, man, I met with Jesus today. I, I, I encountered Christ. That's our ultimate goal. Um, that's our ultimate prayer. That's our ultimate heart's desire. I wanted to just recognize my dad really quick. And he had a rough week um, and just actually want to celebrate to the Lord publicly. Um, he's been battling an infection in his leg, and, and his life was just seriously on the, on the edge. And so to see him here today, Dad, I love you. And it's just uh, glad glad you're here, man. So, and really quickly too, just um, just to ask you to pray for uh, our missionary Kelly Koski to South Africa. Um, he sent me a text um, a couple nights ago, and uh, you know he actually got hit by a car when he was in Africa, and he lost his leg, so he has a prosthetic. But he took a hard fall; he fell down and uh, landed right on his stub. And uh, so he had to be rushed to the hospital, thought he broke his hip, and, uh, but he's, he's okay. He didn't break anything, but he said the pain was like an explosion went off in his body. So if you could just pray for Kelly Kosky too, I'd really appreciate it. I know he's asked for prayers. That would be much appreciated. I want to give you a heads up as to where we're going next week. Pastor Chris is going to begin a four-week series called Advance, and I just strongly encourage you to be here. Chris is a great speaker, and he's going to be used mightily by God to, to uh, really impact you with the Word of God. He's going to be looking at the first two chapters of the book of Acts, and he's in, going to be investigating why it was the first church turned the world upside down. You know, the first church in the book of Acts, man, it just spread like wildfire, um, and we just want to investigate why, why was that. And, uh, and then starting March 8th, I'm going to begin a series through the book of Esther and, uh, man, you don't want to miss a week. It's going to be really powerful. It's going to be really good. I've been putting a lot of study into it and just encouraged, and I'm excited about it. And so I just encourage you to be here for that series as well. So the last couple weeks, we are actually, you know, we're wrapping up a series called Lip Sync, Are You Faking It? And we've been talking about faking it. You know, a lot of us fake it, especially as Christians. I think sometimes we're the worst, you know, putting on the plastic smile and, and just pretending like everything's okay. We, we, we fake it by living a lie. You know, we come one time a week and we can impress each other and say everything's good, but then the rest of the week, man, it's just not good. Uh, we fake it with our emotions. You know, we talked about that last week, especially us men. You know, we try to bury our emotions as deeply as we can, but we talked about how we need to be real with that. And then we, we talked about how the problem... On the first week of this series, we talked about how the problem is always sin, and the answer is always Jesus. And today, we're talking about how many of us fake it in our work life. I just really felt led to just talk about work and to really focus in in our work life. And um, the title of the message this morning is From Drudgery to Fulfillment. And we're talking about how many of us fake it in our work life. We'll be talking about how to move from drudgery to fulfillment in our work life. So let me just ask you, how many of you would love to win the lottery? Huh? Raise your hand. All right. Come on, raise your hands so I can see who the gamblers are in the church. All right. All right. All right. Good. Got you. Got you pointed out. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine winning millions of dollars? Right? You could buy a new car. You could pay off the house. You, would, you could never work 
a day again in your life? It's everyone's dream, right? It's all of our dreams. Coming into enormous wealth and spending the rest of your days sipping exotic exotic drinks on a palm-lined beach in the Caribbean, right? Okay, let me come back to reality. Many of us think, man, that's what I would love to do. I would love to quit work, and I would love to play the rest of my life. Like, sign me up for that. Many of us see work as a necessary evil. We endure the five-day work week to support the activities of a workless weekend. We lie awake at night scheming ways to, to retire early. Many of us believe that God inflicted labor on human beings as punishment for disobedience. We sometimes imagine in our brains, we, we picture God you know, screaming at Adam and Eve and condemning them to the rock pile of human labor. We picture God with an evil laugh as He tells Adam and Eve that the best years of their life will be wasted in work, work, and more work. (laughs) Right? In our minds, work is a sentence to be served, a penance to be paid, a curse to be endured as long as necessary. We fail to see that human labor was part of the picture before Adam and Eve sinned, before the fall. Meaningful work, church, is actually a gift of God. Over the years, I've met many people who can't wait to get up in the morning. Many people I've met who love being accountants, who love being skilled craftsmen and school teachers and mothers. They love being mechanics and landscapers and farmers electricians, hairstylists, and every other kind of work imaginable. These people, they love what they do. They find great purpose and fulfillment. And the work they do positively affects their lives. This positive effect, it spills over into every area of their life. It spills over into their marriages, into their parenting, their friendships, and even their recreational pursuits. I've also met, to be honest with you, far too many people whose unhappiness with their jobs cast a shadow on every area of their life. They may earn the same amount of money, enjoy the same prestige, and have the same job description as their satisfied counterparts, but they are unhappy and they are frustrated. They take their unhappiness out on their family, on their dog, right? And they walk through life in a haze of bitterness and exhaustion. They can't wait to throw off the weight of their labors. So I want to ask this morning, church, what's the difference? How can two people share the same job and one is filled with energy and joy all the while the other is unhappy and drained? You know, honestly, I believe the key to fulfillment in your work life is being real, is being authentic, being real and authentic in your vocation. It means you have the right job for the right reasons, and you're enjoying the right rewards. It means you're working for the right reasons with the right motivations. Right? Let's let's look at Colossians chapter 3. 
verses 23 through 24, written by the Apostle Paul, and he puts it this way. He says, whatever you do, whatever it is, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You're serving God. Do everything, everything to His glory, to His honor. You know how we work? It matters more than we realize. An essential requirement for, fill, uh, for a fulfilling work life is to do our work for the right reason. And that reason is to please and to glorify God. And when a Christian walks onto the job site, he should be thinking more about just making money. You know, he should be thinking about more than just simply impressing his boss or even how much he enjoys his work. He should be dreaming up ways to honor God through his work endeavors. Man, wherever we work, whatever our job description is, our ultimate boss is Jesus Christ. We work for Him. He is the one that we need to please. And when we do, our work actually becomes an act of worship. Each project we undertake becomes an offering to God. Could you imagine going to work like that? Having that mindset? We bring honor to God by the way we work. We honor God by being credible workers. We honor God by striving for excellence. We honor God by earning a reputation of diligence and making a significant contribution to the team. We honor God by who we are and how we behave in the workplace. And honestly, as Christians, we should set a new standard. We should be living examples It should never be said of us, never, that we're lazy, that we're half-hearted or we're careless or we're always tardy. It should never be said of Christians that we're whiny. Seriously, stop whining. Okay? That we're irresponsible or negligent. Because behavior like that, it brings reproach on God. Instead, followers of Jesus should exemplify, should show character qualities like self-discipline, perseverance, like initiative. Okay, They should be self-motivated. They should be prompt. They should be organized, industrious. Their efforts should result in work of the highest quality. Gosh, it's, it's my dream that around this community, around La Plata County, people say, you need to hire that guy in Grace Church because he's a stud. I mean, he gets his job done when he says he's going to get it done, and it's done right. You need to hire her because she's amazing. Man, she'll, she'll get your books in order. Like, she is, she's a stud at, you know? Like, you need to hire her. Man, wouldn't that be awesome if people are just talking about Christians in such a way? Our efforts should result in work of the highest quality. Why? Because you're not just laying bricks. Like you're building a wall for God's glory. You're not just teaching a class. You're educating young students for God's glory. You're not just balancing the books. You're keeping the records in excellent order for God's glory. You're not just driving a tractor. You're producing a harvest 
for God's glory. Man, as, as Christians, we, we have to. We must live lives of integrity in the workplace. It doesn't mean we're perfect. We're real. We're humans. We make mistakes. We screw up. We mess up. But we have to admit it. Like, fess up to it. Move on. Try to correct your mistakes. Be sincere. Be honest. Be transparent. Be humble. Man, we've got to strive every day to be above reproach in all of our dealings, in all of our practices. There's been many times, personally, just a little confession to you, okay? There's been many times where I've gotten so consumed with pastoral duties, with message preparation, or with administrative responsibilities that, you know, I would pass a staff member in the hallway, and I would notice a look of pain or frustration on their face, and I kept walking, right? I would tell myself, I am too busy to get anywhere near that. Like, I'm too busy to, to respond to that, to deal with that. I would think to myself, like, I hope that works out. Whatever that is, I hope it works out. I hope someone else can help you. And oftentimes, I was immediately corrected by the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. You know that small voice of the Holy Spirit would say, who do you think you are? Like the world seriously revolves around you, Justin? Who do you think you are? Where's the likeness of Jesus in your life? Like you're putting tasks above people? Have you forgotten what's really important? Philippians chapter 2, in verse 4, it says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also on the interests of others. Right? We've got to take care of business. I agree. But we can't do it at the expense of people. It's so easy for us to forget the two greatest commands in all of Scripture. You remember when Jesus was confronted? They said, what's the two greatest commands? And he said, I'm going to sum it up for you in two. Love God and love people. Really simple. Love God and love people. And we forget it so easily. It's so easy to get focused on tasks we forget about people. It's so easy to put profits above people. We need to make time to care about the interests of others. Let me just, let me just ask you, all right? Just do a little introspective, kind of look inside. Do you, do you know your coworkers? Like, do you know the name of their spouse? Do you know their kids? Like, how's their health? I mean, they're hacking all day long. Have you ever asked them, like, hey, what's going on? Are you all right? Do you know their frustrations, their hobbies, their dreams? Because you see, competitors, they don't care about those things, right? But brothers and sisters do. It's time for Christians to show the world that we're different. It's time for Christians to show the world that we deeply love the Lord by loving the people around us. It's time, church. You know, a, a huge part of finding fulfillment in the workplace is by recognizing that it's an act of worship. It means looking for opportunities to minister in the workplace. And, and I would seriously recommend that you start by praying. You're like, where do I begin? Just pray. Pray. And ask God for divinely appointed opportunities. Say, God, show me what I'm supposed to do. 
bring people into my path that I can minister to. Just start praying. And as you pray, you're going to begin to recognize. You're going to begin to be more aware and alert as to what's going on around you. Let me give you a few ideas, just, just some practical considerations. Um, maybe you could go to lunch you know, with a friend, a coworker. You could tell them your story. You could listen to their story. Just be a friend. Be friendly. Um, it may look like extending mercy to a sick colleague. Maybe you can cover their shift at work when they're ill. Maybe you can prepare a hot meal or have your wife prepare a hot meal. Right, fellas? And uh, you can deliver it to them. Uh, maybe just sending a simple note that just tells them, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you get well. But Justin, that, that's weird, man. That's just weird. Like if my coworker gets a note from me, that's, that's just weird, you know? You're right. It is too weird showing love and genuine concern for your fellow man. Let's just not do it. Seriously, right? Doesn't that sound just so lame? That sounds crazy, right? Like we need to show love and genuine concern for our fellow man. And in doing so, we're actually more like Christ probably than we've ever been. Maybe you can invite them to church, ask them to come to lunch afterwards. Let me just say this, okay? And there's a billion ideas. But let me just say this. La Plata County is not going to be transformed by my preaching. Like, I know it's a shock to you. As amazing as it is, it's not going to be transformed by my preaching, but it will, however, be transformed by your hospitality and your love. People will know we are Christians. A simple verse in the Bible. People will know we are Christians by our love one for another. When your actions reflect the basic teachings of Jesus, like sometimes we just got to keep it basic. What are the basic teachings of Jesus? Forgiveness, love, humility, grace, patience. And when our actions reflect those basic teachings... That's when you know you are truly following Jesus Christ. Christians, listen. For eight hours a day, five days a week, we are rubbing shoulders with men and women who matter deeply to God and men and women who desperately need to hear more about Him. The Apostle Paul made it very clear when he wrote this. He said, But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? At work, we can be that someone. We can tell them. We, we, can, live, we can be living examples. We can live it out in front of them. The message of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and let me just say, this is me, I guess, getting up on my soapbox just for a minute. There's some pet peeves I have. Like, Jesus never commanded us to engage in theological debates with our coworkers. Like, seriously, we got to knock that off. Like, that just doesn't help anybody. We usually lose, probably, anyways. All right? He never told us to flaunt, like, four-inch crosses around our neck. You know, like, I'm a Christian. And I want the world to know. Um, he never said that we need to make sure we have Jesus stickers on our cars. All right, If you have a Jesus sticker, that's cool, but um, it doesn't mean you're doing it. 
And he doesn't say that we need to throw down Christian catchphrases all the time, right? But he did tell us to work and to live in such a way that when the Holy Spirit orchestrates opportunities to speak about God, we'll have earned the right to do so. Human labor was designed by God. And it was assigned to every one of us and offered as an opportunity to develop character and to enjoy the satisfaction of accomplishment. Moving from drudgery to fulfillment in our work life begins by doing all things to the glory of God. I think many times we forget our Savior, right? For over 30 years of His life, close to 30 years, He worked as a carpenter, blue-collar, hard-working, the Son of God, a carpenter. We forget that. And that's to be our example. We need to be like Christ. You know, to impact impact Plata County, it's going to take all of us church, it's going to take all of us living out our God-intended purposes, using our God-given passions to make a difference in this world to the glory of God. It takes all of us, but it just might start with you. In my attempt to inspire you this morning, believe it or not, I'm trying to inspire you. I'm trying to encourage you. And in that attempt, I wanted to show you a video this morning. It's actually of a local boy in Mancus who's using his labor, he's using his creativity to help many many people. He's inspiring many, many people. And it's, a, it's just a great example of how we can use creativity, how we can use our labor, and how we can use our passions to worship God. So I, I want you to check out this video, and I, and I hope you're greatly inspired. I hope you're greatly encouraged. All right? Check this out. All right. Yeah, thanks. You know, my, my attempt this morning, I guess, church, is just to help us remember that worshiping God is so big. It's just so much bigger than just preaching and singing, although those are very important. But some of the greatest acts of worship, I believe, take place in the workplace. And I think sometimes, man, I, I have a huge burden for men, just reaching men, and I think sometimes, guys, we, we struggle with that. We're like, gosh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in the church, right? It's just... I don't sing well. I don't really like kids. And uh, your preaching is okay, you know. <laughs> but I think we have to realize that, man, what you do with your hands, what you do in your skilled labor, like if you use that as an act of worship, if you use that to, to inspire, to help people, like that is worship. It's worship. I don't, I don't know how else to say that. You know, in my efforts to inspire and to challenge you to live a life of fulfillment when it comes to work, I also just need to make sure quickly that I give kind of a counter thought or, or a bit of a warning to you. You know, the blessing of work can so easily become a curse. And especially to those of us who allow our professions to become obsessions. Some people become addicted to their work so much so that it causes them to alienate family and friends and to neglect their health. And it causes them to sabotage their spiritual lives. Work actually becomes their God. 
Their job is what they live for. It's what they dream of, what they sacrifice all else for. And for them, work becomes what the next drink is to an alcoholic. And as Christians, I just wanted to to give that bit of a warning to say that the best workers, man, Christians should be the best workers in the world. But I just want to encourage you, don't let work become your God, okay? And have a good balance. Make sure work doesn't become your God. In closing, I just wanted to say, you know, in the coming week, I just thought it would be good for us to do a little self-examination. And I encourage you this week, it's on the notes in your bulletin on the back, but I encourage you this week to take some time and to reflect, to think about your job and ask yourself some of the following questions, okay? This is just a guide. This is just to help you get started. You can, you can ask yourself other questions, but just in my attempt to kind of give you a guide, here's some questions that I think would be good. In what ways do I see my workplace as a mission field, right? And it gives you a little bit more purpose as to why you're getting up in the morning to go to work. Uh, what can I do to serve God in my workplace? When you think about doing your work, how do you feel? Are, are you doing what God has led you to do? And if not, why not? I think that's a great question. <clears throat> and then lastly, think of one person you have contact with through your work. And how, how can you pray for them? How can you serve them? Gosh, I, I just think it would be sweet, man. It would be so cool if we could go to work with that mindset and just minister to our co-workers and pray for them, even the ones that drive you crazy. Just pray for them. That'd be that'd be awesome. So whatever God has, has uh, wherever God has put you, He wants you to have an impact on those around you. And if you're going to influence those around you with the message of Jesus in your workplace, man, you're going to have to earn the right to be heard. So I encourage you, do your work with excellence. Treat others with dignity. Take time to listen. Pray for opportunities to tell others about God's love. Take time to identify people in your workplace that that you would desire to reach with the love of Jesus. And just, man, what can you do? You know, what can you do to deepen these relationships, to earn the right to be heard? And when God opens up the doors of opportunity and you can take your passions and your desires and you can do something big to change the world, man, go for it. Go for it and give all the glory to Jesus Christ. I believe in doing that, it'll help us greatly to move from drudgery to fulfillment in our work life. I'm going to invite the band up this morning as I close in prayer. And and after I pray, we're going to sing a a powerful song together. And it's just, your grace is enough. And uh, so let me close in prayer as they're making their way up. Thanks again for being here. Father God, I, I pray we would devote our time to meaningful tasks. I pray that we wouldn't waste our time. I pray that our our time spent in meaningful tasks would make a difference, Lord. Lord, thank you so much for life. It's awesome. We understand that if we have enough to eat and to drink, and if we enjoy our work, we are a blessed people. I pray that we would use our work as an act of worship to you, Father, and, and may people see Jesus in our lives by the way that we work. And Father, may we work like you work. Lord, as we go out into our workplaces, even this week, 
I pray that you would use the people of Grace Church to make a difference in Durango and Bayfield and Cortez and Ignacio and in La Plata County. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would all stand, let's just sing out in this last song in worship.